The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, homily, and sacrament are offered for our congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England, NPR, WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe now and later, WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy for giving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the second epistle of Paul to Timothy, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day when I have entrusted to you what I have entrusted to you. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsibly verses from Psalm 100 with the Antiphon. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. And now, as you are able, please rise for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke chapter 17 verses 5 through 10. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who had just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take, a, take your place at the table. Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for, supper for me, 
Put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have only done what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord.
Please be seated. Jesus is our beacon, not our boundary. Our beacon, not our boundary. In a Chinese restaurant at 110th Street and Broadway in New York City in 1978, the Reverend George Todd hired us to work that year at the World Council of Churches Office of Urban Industrial Mission. He was a character, a colorful fellow, Presbyterian minister whose favorite verse was 1 Peter 5, be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. After reciting the verse, he always allowed himself a little smile. He was one of the founders of the East Harlem Protestant Parish. I mention it intentionally today so that its memory is not lost in the sands of time. 20 years before that Chinese meal in our work in Geneva, he, with a half a dozen others, shared what they had, all their material goods, raising their children together, living together, eating their meals together on the Upper East Side of New York City, and had an impact, a lasting, multi-generational impact on that city, that corner of that great city. He later went on to some bureaucratic work, and finally, when I knew him, had become the director of this office in Geneva and at lunchtime, and then he began to include us. He ate lunch with Paolo Freire and Emilio Castro and Philip Potter and Connie Parvey and others of that generation and that leadership. His was a lasting example. He said, I brought you over for heat, light, running water, basic utility, service. But we weren't much good at that, at least I wasn't. Jan was more valuable to him because she's a wonderful pianist and they needed music at the Wednesday worship service in that beautiful chapel in the World Council. He brought us really to plant seeds, seeds of hope, seeds of memory, and seeds of promise for the next generation. And it worked. I'm mentioning him this morning, 35 years later. Actually. We're doing the same thing here at Marsh Chapel in our time. He guided us in those years to understand the beauty of the church universal. You know, we live in a wonderful part of the world, and as did our friend George Todd, we want to appreciate the setting in which we've been planted. My mother had a poster that said, bloom where you're planted. Well, I have a bone to pick with the undergraduates this morning. A month ago, and all through this last month, we've talked about, I think you promised, I believe you promised, I thought I heard you mutter or pray that you would go once a month to the seaside, to the seacoast, to the ocean. Many of us are not going to be this close to the Atlantic or any other ocean for most of the rest of our life. I speak passionately as a freshwater fish myself. I know how hard it can be to get here, and here you are, well, an hour and 20 minute walk down to the harbor, or a tea ride to Revere Beach, or you have a chance to walk the coast. Perhaps once a day, maybe once a week, at least once a month, while you're here at Boston University, make your way toward that coastal grace. There's something in that horizon, in that setting, that offers you a saving 
reminder, a healing perspective, a powerful mindset which our country and our church in this day sorely need. That is, along the coast, you're going to find a lasting horizon. Blue on blue, sky on ocean, hydrogen on oxygen, light on life. There you're going to find beauty and goodness and truth. The beauty of that lasting infinite horizon, that capacity to cause us to look up, to look out, to look long. You're going to find goodness, a memory of those who went down to the sea in ships and did business where they learned the deeds of the Lord upon the deep, Psalm 104. You're going to see some truth, and this is the main thing to carry with you in that salt breeze. You're going to see variegated landscape, multiplicities, diversities, varieties. You're going to be in the salt water and then you're going to come up through the marsh and then the craggy beach and then the cliffs. And none of those roads go straight up and down. They follow the coast. This isn't a place where you're going to find 90 degree angles around fields of wheat or corn. This is a place where you're going to see difference. You're going to have an experience of a, of a coastal, lasting coastal grace to take with you. We need that mindset today. You know, there are many ways of keeping faith. There are as many ways of keeping faith as there are people in this sanctuary, those listening across the radio and around the world on the internet. And we at Marsh Chapel in our time are reaching out to the globe. We're grateful, that is, for the work of the Reverend Brittany Lungsdorf, who's with us working with the 20% of the undergraduates at BU who are international. Hers is the first position of its kind in the country, as far as we know. We're grateful for those who've left our midst, come up through the undergraduate ranks, and now are in ministry. David in Texas, Brian in the Middle East, Rebecca in South Africa. We're grateful for the connections now that you're working with as a community, with friends at the University of Tokyo and with Bas, speaking of Switzerland, with the Institute at Basse, and thirdly, with a little community in the city of Miami Beach. Well, you know, Miami Beach, as my organist says, is so close to this country, you almost feel like you're right here in America. That is, we have signs of the World Communion today with our paraments and with the bread that was baked by the international students. And we're grateful for your global outreach. But the coastal grace that you affirm is much more than that. It's a lasting, abiding sense of freedom, grace, and love the world over. What John Dewey called a common faith what Howard Thurman called a common ground, and what in we, we in our time call a common hope. Varieties all around the globe. Even this great land has a motto embedded in our life together, e pluribus unum. We tend to remember the unum and forget the e pluribus out of many, one. If you don't remember anything from your study of else of your study of the New Testament, 
You'll want to remember this, that in earliest Christianity, as these 27 books teach us, diversity preceded unity. Diversity preceded unity in earliest Christianity, so the most liberal of the Gospels, John, can say and repeat, in my Father's house there are many rooms, and, read rightly, wherever there is a way, there I am. Wherever there is a truth, there I am. Wherever there is life, there I am. There's something about the coast, about the lasting horizon that lifts us, guides us out beyond the more uh, uh, limited concerns with which we sometimes operate. You know, we finished our work with George Todd in Geneva after a while, and uh, he sent us uh, back home with some duties. He knew the meaning of Luke chapter 17, this gospel that keeps us balanced as we walk the coast and enjoy the coastal grace. This parable from Luke 17, George would have appreciated because it reminds you that your field work is no substitute for your domestic duties. That is, your outreach and mission are no substitute for the care of the community of which you are a part. Your development and leadership and success is wonderful. I celebrate it wherever you have gone, the papers you've written, the books that you've published, the grades that you've achieved, all that's great, but your field work is no substitute for your domestic duties. That is, we are a community of people who know that it is our work to pray, study, read, worship, give, generously, tithing, all. We're here on Sunday. People have such shaky reasons sometimes for not going to church. You know, we pass the church on Sunday with a yawn, thinking that we have all the time in the world. Nothing could be farther from the truth. We're called to balance our personal development and successes and failures and field work with a recollection of the centrality of our domestic duties. In 37 years of preaching, I don't think there's ever been a week in which the main sentence from culture so aptly summarize the meaning of the gospel for the day. And that's a sentence in a different context, in a political rather than in a spiritual context, saying you don't have, you don't, you don't have the right to collect a ransom just for doing what is your job. That is the sentence that summarizes the meaning of Luke 17. George sent us back to New York City with some duties, one of which was to locate in those bygone years a copy of a book that had just been printed. One of the World Council partners uh, in Africa had desired to have a book that mentioned him in it. This is before Amazon.com. The book is titled, published in 1977, Remarkable Names of Real People, and it's a great read. It's simply a listing of names, including our friends name that may, uh, may, may, you may enjoy hearing some of them. A woman in Missouri whose name was, last name was Lane and first name was Memory. 
another woman in Kansas whose name was Shanda Lear, two twins who were from Brooklyn, Horace and Boris Morris, an internist named Dr. Blood, and um, a list of other such remarkable names of real people, including the person who made the request, a Methodist minister named the Reverend Canaan Banana. He was not the only religious leader in the book. It included the name of the then Archbishop of Manila, Cardinal Sin. <laughs> remarkable names of real people. Friends, your name is one of those remarkable names of real people like Eunice and Lois who have field work but stay connect connected to the domestic duties that are so important for us, particularly as we come to the Lord's table on World Communion Sunday. That is, there is a variegated population representing bearing witness to faith near and far. Yesterday, Saturday, we had three weddings in this nave, all of them wonderful and beautiful. At 11 a.m., second marriage for both, he with three ch children, her with four, all under eight and parading in the aisle, wonderful. At two o'clock, a gay couple, two men about 35 years old, dressed into the nines for the moment and gathering a family and friends for that wonderful service. Five o'clock, a quiet and demure Asian couple reciting their vows with reverence. You would be hard-pressed, no, it would be impossible for you to tell which of those three was the truest and the best and the most beautiful. They all carried a reminder of some true word in the joy of faith when grace is present. They all carried a representation of some good people in the joy of faith when grace is present. They all carried in the music, especially of the Cassavant organ, the hearing of something beautiful in the joy of faith when grace is present. What are we so scared of, folks? There are many ways, many ways of keeping faith. George with his crusty way would be the first to remind us. I saw George Todd for the last time in 1983. There was a World Council Assembly, speaking of the, of the coast, in Vancouver. I had uh, gotten a pass through my Uncle David as a press person. He was a newspaper man. He ran Newsday, uh, the Long Island newspaper, and I didn't have a way to go, but he found a a press pass for me and I got there late and I walked toward the coast, sky on sea, blue on blue, light on life, oxygen on hydrogen. As Ralph Sockman, an Ohio Wesleyan graduate said, the, the larger the ocean of knowledge, the longer the shoreline of mystery surrounding it. Coming late, I stood under the drip line of the tent Philip Potter was about to stand to preach. And there they sang in all the voices of the inhabited earth. In Christ there is no east or west, in him no south or north, but one great fellowship of love throughout the whole wide earth. Jesus is our beacon 
not our boundary. He it is who takes our measure. We don't measure him. But he receives us, as 2 Timothy concludes, by his grace and by his power and not according to our works. In prayerful attention shall we come now soon to this table, remembering Thurman's favorite psalm and perhaps yours as well. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou discernest my thoughts from afar. Thou searchest out my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou dost beset me behind and before and layest thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me. Thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, let only the darkness cover me and the light about me be as night, Even the darkness is not dark to thee. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with thee. Amen.
peace of the Lord be always with you. Please be seated. Good morning. I'm Brittany Longstorff, Chaplain of International Students here at BU in Marsh Chapel, and I would like to welcome you here on this World Communion Sunday. We welcome you to the sacred, safe space that is Marsh Chapel, a heart in the heart of the city and a service in the service of the city. You are always welcome here, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. We open up our arms and our hearts to you and hope that you feel at home in this historic and sacred space. We ask that you participate in our ritual friendship this morning by sharing your name and contact info in the red pads towards the center aisle of your pew. This will help us get to know you better and help you get to know one another better. You can find more information about the chapel at our website, bu.edu chapel, and you can also find an opportunity for online giving there. Marsh Chapel is a living and breathing place. We have so much life swelling out of this building each week. We have activities, programs, meals, and events all week long. And there's a few we'd like to highlight for you right now. This coming Saturday is our annual apple picking for students. And if you haven't paid your $15 yet, today is the last day to do it. So make sure you sign up and give your money to Rachel Cape after the service. There's also a potluck directly after the service today, which you are all welcome to attend. We hope that you'll join us in fellowship on this World Communion Sunday potluck. On October 27th, we'll be having a service organization for We Care packages from 12.30 to 3. Information about this is in your green insert inside your bulletin. We'll be taking time to assemble packages of food and necessities for our homeless brothers and sisters in the community. The contact info for that is slightly different than what's on the sheet. It's whiteca at bu.edu. This Monday, we have a study reading retreat, our second of the semester, with a theme echoing Howard Thurman, Deep is the Hunger. It's a great chance to intentionally study, pray, read together, and feel fulfilled as you're doing academic rigorous work. There's also more info on your green insert. Now, on this World Communion Sunday, we turn our hearts towards a spirit of universal generosity, that we might be thoughtful and authentic in our giving and offer our own sacrifices to spread the love and joy of God in our whole world and communities. Please meditate on the song, Draw Us in the Spirit's Tether, as the ushers come forward at offertory.
gracious God, deep is our hunger for beloved community. And so we give you these gifts in our lives that we might be about the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Deep is the hunger to be in communion with our God in Christ. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and who seek to live in peace and reconciliation with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. God of all nations, we praise you that in Christ, the barriers that have separated humanity are torn down. Yet we confess our solace to open our hearts and minds to those of lands, tongues, and races. Deliver us from the sins of fear and prejudice, that we may move toward the day when all are truly one in Jesus Christ. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. People of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As a forgiven and reconciled people, let us extend a hand or an embrace as we share the peace of Christ. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. From original blessing, you have made every nation and people to live on all the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join in this unending hymn. are you and blessed is your child Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. And so we remember that Jesus healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Jesus commissioned us as his disciples to be witnesses to the ends of the earth, making followers of all the nations. And today, this family is gathered in all the world at this holy table. On the night on which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, eat this as often, as often as you eat this, remember me, this is my body broken for you. We remember that when the supper was over, he took the common cup and he gave thanks to you as was the custom. And he gave it to his disciples and said, this cup contains my blood, and it is the blood poured out for the new covenant. As often as you drink this, remember me. And so, in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as holy and living sacrifices in union with Christ's offering for us as together we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his love. By your spirit, help the body of Christ be one. Help the left hand and the right hand work as one in ministry to all the world. Help the eyes and the ears sense your present and yet coming kingdom. Bless the diversity of this body that we might bear fruit until Christ comes in final victory and we feast in that joyful heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of children, let us pray each in the language that we call home, our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Will you join me in our unison prayer of thanksgiving? Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In honor of this weekend's feast day of St. Francis, receive his benediction. Lord, make me, make each of us, make us instruments of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, let us all be beacons of joy. Go forth from this place to serve this beautiful world of ours. Go in peace. Amen. <laughs>